Hello, and welcome to the pod, people. The show where dreams go to die and your heroes spit in your mouth. I'm the poditor, Matisse Van Rossum. And I'm the uh, predator killer, Ben Sheets. <laughs> oh, God. So we saw the we new saw predator, the predator movie, and I think we both had an extended stroke throughout. That's the, what, uh, yeah, I I was smelling toast and I couldn't move the left side of my body until the movie was over, and then I was able to hobble out the theater. Um, Let's just say we both have a lot to say for this movie, because it is one of the most baffling theater experiences I think I've ever had. If you listen to our last episode, we were very, very optimistic going into this movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie... And we have been for months. This movie was set up to succeed. I mean... Shane Black is the writer-director who has had a great track record. He wrote the original Predator. He wrote uh, Lethal Weapon and all the sequels. He wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, directed that too, which is a super underrated crime movie. Most recently wrote and directed The Nice Guys, which was one of my favorite movies of 2016. Is that when that came out? Something like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like... What the fuck? There's no reason this movie shouldn't have been amazing. This was one of my most anticipated movies of 2018. At my most optimistic, I feel like this movie was a coordinated effort by Shane Black to uh, prank the studio, I guess? It feels like a joke. Yeah, it feels like an elaborate joke, or he was trying to intentionally kill the predator franchise so they never make another one again i which um, i could see happening this movie has been a fucking flop yeah um it, i don't think it's made that much money it is a disaster well and the thing is too like the poster design of all of the posters for this movie have been some of the coolest posters ever like i would still hang the posters up on my wall just because they're metal as fuck but Oh my god. Like, my head has just been continually spinning since we saw this movie. I was having fever dreams about this movie last night because it made so little sense. After we got home, I was texting Eugene and trying to explain the things that happened in The Predator, and he thought I was doing a bit. He thought I was kidding when I was describing actual events that happened in this movie. And if that's not the most damning thing I can say about this movie, then I don't know what else is. Maybe the fact that both Alien versus Predator movies are more coherent yeah. from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, well, and the thing is, there was that Predators movie that came out in, what, 2010 or something like that? That was a better movie! Well, yeah, ex- absolutely. I remember it getting critically panned when it came out, but looking back on it now, it's a fucking masterpiece in comparison to this. Actually, I actually kind of liked it. I actually liked it too, yeah. Well, and especially in comparison, like that one is so thought out and yeah, <laughs> smart in this. comparison to this. Um, where to even begin? Uh, well, uh, give us the log line of this movie. Okay, so I came up with a log line for this Predator movie. Um, that I think sums it up pretty accurately. And I will preface this. This is not a joke. I'm not kidding. Okay. If you like the original Predator 
Imagine that if it was a buddy comedy that's totally devoid of tension, in which a team of mentally challenged soldiers and an autistic third grader stole a series of different vehicles in order to hunt down and kill an 11-foot-tall space sheriff. Again, I am not kidding. It sounds like a bit. That's what this movie is about. That is literally what this fucking movie is about. Yeah, I uh, I can't say this movie follows any coherent stream of logic. So we begin with, like, this sniper elite. Well, n- well no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I knew, I knew we were in trouble from the first shot of the movie. The very first thing that happens is we have a Star Wars-style space chase where a giant predator is chasing a smaller predator in their spaceships and they're, like, shooting each other. It's like the fucking scene from Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones where fucking Obi-Wan is running through the asteroid field from Jango Fett. Like, I'm that is the first thing that happens in this movie. And the Predator tears a hole in space-time and appears above Earth and then crashes into the jungle. And it's got, like, that John Williams-style, like, upbeat score. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> well, We're yeah, doomed so, from the beginning. Uh, we cut to the sniper trying to take out this cartel dude, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly he's interrupted by this spaceship crashing nearby. Um, the escape pod from the ship yeah, crashes nearby. Yeah. And so he goes to investigate and suddenly his buddy's right next to the spaceship with him. And the other guy on the mission has been uh, skinned alive and hung like the classic Predator movie. Immediate fan service. Yeah. They, uh, no shit's gone awry, and they see this uh, very non-threatening Predator appear and kind of just, like, say what's up to them. Like, I don't get why he doesn't kill those guys too well he was about to and then one of them like grabbed a piece of the predator gear or something and shot it at him and injured him yeah so it was couldn't... like accidentally yeah it was it was totally accidental and then the our our main gi joe character uh just grabs a a rucksack and throws the predator's mask and wrist gauntlet into it well that's the thing when they find the ship they find the gauntlet and the mask but they never explain why the predator wasn't take, wearing them yeah, took it yeah. off like cuz he has the other gauntlet on yeah the the dude escapes and they don't like show really his escape. They just like no. Basic, he, they just leave. They basically cut straight to him in like a Mexican bar in the morning, like mailing this giant fucking mask uh, to his uh, estranged wife. Uh, well, to he, the PO box. Yeah, he tried to send it to the PO box, but he hadn't uh, paid the dues on it, so they send it to his house. And his son finds it, played by Jacob Tremblay. And that was another uh, indication that I knew something was wrong. But also, he uh, there's this little, like, sphere, like, ball thing that he found as well. 
that apparently turns people invisible. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the predator's like cloaking a device. Camouflage ball. And he eats and, it. Yeah, so he, he takes a shot and downs it with a fucking shot of booze. It, and it's big too. It's yeah, like not it's something large. you just like swallow happens. And I, I expected that we'd get a scene later on of him like digging it out of his shit or whatever but no it's forgotten about for like 60 percent of the movie yeah and then then later on he just has it again there's not a solid stream of cause and effect in this movie no absolutely. it reminded me a lot of ways of the Gotti movie that came out earlier this year yeah i think it's comparable actually because it's just this totally incoherent jumble of scenes without a logical chain of cause and effect that happens between them how many times when we were sitting in the theater watching this movie did i say how did he get here how did yeah. he get that car? Where did he get that helicopter? Where did he get that motorcycle? Where did they get that RV? Where did they get that RV? Like, it just totally fucking nonsensical. Back to what I was saying, though, about Jacob Tremblay. The last thing that I want in a Predator movie is Steven Spielberg-style sentimentality with a child. Yeah, well, and they set him up immediately as this Asperger's kid. Uh, someone at the school pulls the fire alarm, and he is, like, bugging out because of it. And and these bullies come into the chess club room or whatever and knock all of the, the chess pieces. Yeah, and he, they're like, I'm oh. hungry for some Asperger's. Yeah, which, oh my god. And then after they leave, he picks up all of the chess pieces and replaces them on all of the boards exactly where they were. Rain Man style. Yeah, so Jacob Tremblay is Rain Man Jr. And I knew as soon as they did that scene, I'm like, oh no. Oh (laughs) no. Yeah, I knew that was The kid is going to be like instrumental in defeating the Predator. Well, okay, so... They cut to him back at his house, and his mom's like, did you, uh, he has, like, a stack of books next to him, uh, and she's like, did you do your studying? And she's, he's like, yeah, I finished all these books today. (laughs) And she's like, oh, cool. There's, like, a solid dozen-plus books there that he just, like, plowed through today. Well, where it starts to get really stupid is when the package shows up and the kid opens it and he starts playing around with this predator mask and the gauntlet and he immediately figures out how it works. It's he like he understands the alien language and he's just like doing all of this shit and it turns out that it's interfering with the other predator ship that's coming to earth to try to hunt the first predator which I don't know how that fucking works. Yeah, so so the little thingy that came off of the gauntlet it like scans the room and sees that he has a little picture is a, a drawing yeah. that has his name on yeah, it. Yeah, and his address for some reason, because he wrote his own address on the paper with it. Yeah. Which makes no sense. No. But when he first put on the gauntlet and was trying to figure it out, I I thought he was going to like take it to school and like inadvertently cause a school shooting. <laughs> 
<laughs> These bullies won't mess with me anymore. Well, he does something almost similar. Yes, it is Halloween. When he goes out on Halloween and he masking tapes this enormous predator mask to his small child face and uh, he's out and he starts being bullied and this dude like throws a, a beer can at him adult or male an adult man throws this beer can at a child and it hits him in the head and the mask has uh, a little gun that pops out of it that just turns around and blows up the house well yeah and it blows him to smithereens we see him just like explode on impact yeah it's just fucking brushed aside after that. And he puts the mask down after that and just leaves it there. Yeah, he just runs off. He just leaves it on the ground. Yeah. Um, while this is all happening, uh, the the predator from earlier um, who was injured. Yeah, um, he's been captured by the government. And uh, Olivia Munn is in this movie. As thank, like a thank God. biology hybrid expert something like that we're introduced to her by these like men in black coming up to her out of nowhere and just like we hear you like stargazing and she like turns around and looks at them and then that's it just cut yeah well and someone later asks her how she got the job and she was like when i was six i wrote the president oh my god She got this job because when she was six years old, she wrote a letter, a letter to the president saying that she liked animals and that if the U.S. government ever found a space animal, that she wanted to look at it. And because of that, after she wrote like some paper on bioevolution or whatever, hybrid evolution or whatever, they the the computer cross-referenced that paper with the letter that she wrote when she was six. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is the girl that we need to get. Make a wishes for everyone, <laughs> <laughs> folks. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're six or 36. But, yeah, it was baffling. And so they have, like, a sterilization chamber where they have to go through um, before they go in. And this predator is, like, attached to the table and presumably dead or uh, knocked out. Well, yeah, they say it's heavily sedated. It's breathing. Yeah, so they look at it, and they're very confused, and they show her the uh, DNA of this predator, and it's just human DNA for some reason. And because of that, she just immediately knows that the predators are going to every uh planet that has life in the galaxy and taking trophies of their strongest warriors and using it to make uh hybrids of themselves to make them stronger oh my god just I... just because she looks at an ipad that has uh the human, predator DNA. human dna on it they just know this okay more so i want to mention the fact that Immediately when they say this is uh, what we call the predator, she's like, uh, doesn't it hunt for sport? Yeah, she's like, a predator implies that it hunts to survive. Uh, If it enjoys killing, then it's more like a bass fisherman. And the scientists are like, well, yeah, but we voted on it and predator sounds cooler. Yeah, well, also, how does she know about, like, it's... 
because how? because they reference that the predators have been here before in 1987 and 1997 <laughs> i.e predator one and predator two <laughs> which means that in this universe canonically arnold schwarzenegger and danny glover have killed predators yeah they also uh took the uh, sniper guy in after he sent all of that shit. Yeah, as Even soon as though... as soon as he mailed the stuff, we hear sirens outside the bar. So I'm assuming he got picked that up. That shit was so baffling to me because it was like they immediately got there that night to investigate, and somehow he escaped for the whole yeah daybreak. Well, and then they knew exactly where he yeah. was, and so they're. Uh, they're trying to, you know, frame him as a crazy person so the word never gets out. Right. And he sees through that immediately and calls him out on it. He has to he has to be the fall guy for the death of the, the deaths of his team. The, the Patsy. Yeah, the Patsy. So they arrest him and they put him on this prison bus with all of these other like defectors and PTSD and guys. PTSD, crazy guys, this whole kooky cast of characters. You've got Keegan-Michael Key and Thomas Jane, who has Tourette's, which is a running gag in the whole movie that gets really, really annoying. Oh, man, I thought it was, like, really kind of insensitive, too. A like, little bit. I know Tourette's, whatever, but, like, people were laughing about Tourette's in, like, 2011, but I feel like it's not really the butt of jokes anymore. No, it's definitely not. But it is in this movie. Yeah. And Alfie Allen is there too, inexplicably. Oh, but then, for some reason, this bus of soldiers is just at the research facility where they are keeping the Predator. Well, yeah, well... For some reason. Yeah, when they're uh, talking to Olivia Munn, she, like scrolls on the ipad and the next thing on the ipad is just a portrait of this of the sniper main character. guy and she's like who is this guy they're like uh well he uh was there when the predator was there and she's like well we gotta talk to him uh they're like well we uh we sent him away He's a he's a loony, but he's there. Yeah, and then they're like, she's like, well, we need to get him there so we can talk about it. And so immediately they're just there. There's no uh, there's no explanation for why this whole bus of people is there because th they say they're going to like a military prison or whatever. The bus never moved. The bus no. I I'm assuming that the bus has been there the whole time. Yeah, which doesn't make sense, but it makes more sense than the bus just appearing there. Yeah. Right when they need it. And the Predator wakes up and escapes and kills everybody except for Olivia Munn. Oh my god, that was so baffling to me. Because she's like, she's trying to escape, but she has to go through the decontamination room to get out. So she gets naked and gets in the like decontamination shower thing. And the Predator comes in and sees her naked and decides to not kill her and leaves. Yeah. Even though he was just indiscriminately killing anyone else. Right. And the nature of Predators, as shown in every single Predator movie, is just kill for sport, you know? Right. Like, Maybe it's supposed to be because she was, like, naked and helpless that that wasn't sporting enough for the Predator, but... 
I I don't know. It came across more like the Predator Caesar's like, oh yeah, Olivia Munn, she's hot, right? I'm not gonna kill her. And <laughs> I can't kill naked ladies. I can't kill naked ladies, especially ones that are so sexy. And <laughs> So the predator just leaves, and then she decides to go after the predator with a oh trank my God. gun. The the uh, the chase scene that follows is one of the most inexplicable things ever because obviously the the PTSD soldier guys immediately hijack the bus. They see the predator on the roof, and they're like, "We have to get out of here." And they they see Olivia Munn chasing the predator across the roof of this facility so they hijack the bus from these armed guards who are just inexplicably like gullible enough to to fall for their shenanigans and they have a chase shot where the the bus is following olivia munn chasing the predator while olivia munn is on the roof of this building and all three of the things are going at the exact same speed it is baffling and then the predator jumps in the road and the and just just sprinting down the down the dirt road and the bus is following it and then olivia munn jumps on top of the bus yeah and they're like hanging out the window shooting at the predator and the predator just like turns around and blows up the bus's tires and then we get that really terrible moment where they look off to the side and see a couple of motorcycles and one of them's like get to the chopper even though the motorcycles are not choppers (laughs) they're just they're like harleys and but they had to throw in a get to the chopper line because remember that great one-liner from predator yeah me too (laughs) on top of that olivia munn has the sniper rifle dart sedation gun and she accidentally shoots herself in the foot and like knocks herself out yeah and uh, and then just cut they're all at like a motel just hanging out party there's like a big party going on at this motel for no reason and it's just like all of these like kooky soldier guys like hanging out in the hotel room waiting for olivia munn to wake up yeah totally not being rapey like soldiers <laughs> oh yeah that was a great line when uh uh, the main character is outside with 50 Cent, and uh, he's like, do you think she'll be okay up there with those guys? And 50 Cent's just like, yeah, they're soldiers. Like, what? Yeah. We should mention 50 Cent is not actually in this movie, but he was originally supposed to be in this movie. And they, got, the- they replaced him with a guy who looks just like 50 Cent. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah. We should uh, break down some of these soldiers, too, because they have the most one-dimensional characters. Well, yeah, that's why it's like a but it's like a buddy comedy movie. It's like fucking Super Troopers or something. Like each of these characters is like a distinctly stereotypical character, and the whole movie is basically look at their kooky shenanigans. Yeah, you and how have they like interact. With you have like another. the Tourette's guy. You have the uh, soldier that thinks the apocalypse, the biblical apocalypse, is coming. You have uh, Keegan Michael Key, who uh, like 
accidentally did some friendly fire, and now he just tells jokes all the time. He does tell one joke that actually made me laugh, which is the how do you uh, how do you circumcise a homeless man? kick your mama in the chin yeah. which which i thought was pretty fucking funny um i mean the thing is i will say about like all the stuff with the soldiers is like that is probably the most shane black stuff in the whole movie you know what it kind of reminded it wouldn't me, have though? felt out of place in something like the nice guys but in the a humor Predator kind of movie, reminded me of like Marvel Cinematic Universe humor at times, though a little bit, but raunchier because it's well, yeah, R-rated, R-rated version. Yeah, no, you're no, you're absolutely but right. It didn't work for me. It did, the humor didn't really work for me. It honestly, it didn't work in the context of this movie. If it if it was not a Predator film, I think it would have made a little bit more sense. But it's the Predator is not a a comedy. Well, I don't even mind if there's humor in it. I mean, well, there's no, even humor in the first there's one. There's plenty of humor in the first know? one, but it took Shane itself... Black, of all people, should know that. He was the comedic relief in the first well, right. one. Right, but see, the thing is, in the first one, is the humor was much less self-aware. It made sense within this universe because you've got all of these, like, big, muscular, like, meathead soldiers, uh, you know, with their fucking one-liners and shit. Well, yeah, like, it's, absolutely. It's, it's classic well, 80s Arnold is, action movie. I will say that... The original Predator is one of my favorite action horror movies of all time. It's a fantastic um, film. It is nearly a perfect film, in my opinion. But I think the reason the humor works is it's just balanced so well with the Predator monster who is actually an imposing threat. Um, this movie doesn't really have any imposing threat. Yeah. So uh, the soldiers, after Olivia Munn wakes up, and they've like set up a little shrine around her but like of stuff to make her feel more comfortable when she wakes up they've totally literally not ju- creepy they've just like scattered candy around <laughs> yeah. her on the bed and like, like a, a tinfoil unicorn and oh my god and she's like what the fuck is this well and they left an empty shotgun by the bed and took bets on whether she would grab the shotgun when she woke up and whether she would pull the trigger so ah oh, it's just it's so confusing <laughs> and then she tries to leave and as she's on her way out the door Thomas Jane the Tourette's guy says uh eat your pussy and that goes into like a two minute thing of did he say eat eat your pussy it's like no he said yeesh you're pushy it's like no he said eat your pussy and it's just like back and forth it's like why is this fucking happening yeah it's like jesus christ just say the guy has tourette's like yeah it's like uh, that's literally how they establish his character is he says something weird and they tell the protagonist, oh yeah, he has Tourette's. I hate so much he... that Tourette's in this movie is just swearing indiscriminately. It's not any other takes. It's, it's just it's like that episode of South Park where Cartman pretends to have Tourette's yeah. so he can say cuss words at school. Yeah, it's literally... 2011 again folks this movie is a time capsule but then in the next scene they they decide that they're gonna team up and go to the protagonist's house and get the predator's gear that he mailed there 
and then kill the predator or whatever. And in the next scene, they have an RV. Well, yeah, it's funny because he sent it to the P.O. box, but he immediately goes to the house. I mean, I guess you could argue that there was a scene where he went to the P.O. box that we didn't see in between. And but... maybe that's where they found an RV. And Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, <laughs> is they show up at his house and they just have an RV with zero explanation of where they got this RV. Yeah. <laughs> and then they decide to split up to try to find the kid. And they all have different cars now. Like, one of them's driving the RV. 50 Descent has acquired a cop car from somewhere <laughs> that is never shown, no, never explained. Never explained all that all. all they said is, hey, you got wheels? He's like, yeah, I got something shiny. And then he's in a cop car. Yeah, so they, they go out on to find this kid right as the kid is murdering this random stranger. Right. Blowing up the house, and that gives them a lead. Well, and... Because they say, like, oh, is there somewhere where he would go to be comfortable that we can look to him or that we can look for him? And for some reason, he goes to, like, an empty baseball field. We've never seen him at the baseball field before. We don't know why this is somewhere where he feels comfortable, where he would go, but he's just there. And then they show up and he's and they're there. And then the giant evil predator shows up. Well, to- before that, they have predator dogs. Okay, yeah. For some reason, this giant predator <laughs> uh. has predator dogs which are literally just large leathery looking dogs with little predator dreadlocks yeah it's the laziest dumbest design i've ever seen well and so they have to fight two of these dogs and one of them they just murder and the other one they shoot and it immediately becomes domesticated yeah that that's another baffling thing once again this is not a joke 50 cent walks up to the other dog and shoots it in the head at point blank range and it just becomes good all of a sudden yeah and it joins their side and spends the rest of the movie helping them fight the predator it doesn't even mind that it co- 50 cent like walks up to it and like no he just it. walks right up to it puts the gun up against its head and shoots it Talk about a threatening force, you know? Nothing like a dog where you can just walk up to it and shoot it point blank without it. And that, that by shooting it in the head, it makes it change sides. What the fuck? What is happening? <laughs> they, they brush it off, too, with this, like, they're, they're like, uh,. It's, uh, you must have shot it's like, uh... The, the, all they say is, oh, it's like, oh, you lobotomized it. Yeah. That's the only explanation they give. Yeah. Which makes no fucking sense. And then the giant predator, which is really dumb-looking CG. One thing I will give them is that the original predator, or the first one in the movie is a guy in a suit and like it's obvious that the the face is prosthetics and it has motors in it and like it's mandibles or whatever are moving like that looks fine but then when you have an 11 foot tall predator it has to be cg obviously and it looks 
like shit. It looks bad. Yeah, it, it looks very bad. And in a very anticlimactic fight scene, it kills the other predator very easily. And then it becomes the villain for the rest of the movie. And because it kills the first predator, they all just immediately know without having to figure anything out, they know that the first Predator was a fugitive from space law and was on the run because it was trying to deliver something to the humans that would help them fight the other Predators. And so the giant Predator is Space Sheriff. Yeah, well, and the goals, the goalposts are moved so sporadically in this movie because well, originally they're going to find the they're trying to find the gear and the kid leaves the gear at the house or the the helmet on this dude's yard they don't think about that at all and suddenly they have to return the gear to the predator and suddenly no the predator sheriff is after them and now they have to find the the predator ship the crashed predator ship and find whatever was on it before the the predator sheriff can get to it and blow it up the military is after them too okay the military confuses me in this movie because I don't get what their their goal is. What is their end game? Like they're they they're, don't have they're one. evil in this movie. Yeah. But it's not to like help humanity or anything. It's just like I assume they want predator weapons for military. Things. I guess, but the, well, the the confu- the most confusing thing about this movie to me, or one of the most confusing things, is that the military are the bad guys, but at the same time, so much in this movie is like it's jingoistic. It's, at it's, times. it's like jingoistic, like join the army recruitment kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like, like in all like in all the scenes with the main character and his son, the kid is like, what. What's the difference between a soldier and a killer? And his dad is like, well, you only become a killer if you enjoy killing. If you're a soldier, you're not a killer because you follow orders. It's like, what? Yeah. And it's he seemed to be enjoying the yeah. the cartel stuff and, in the beginning. And then later on, well, yeah, because he's like making bets <laughs> on whether the cartel have killed the hostages yet yeah. or not. And then, like, when they're asking his wife about about him, she's like, "Oh, he's the he's one of only fourteen captains in the military to receive both this award and this award. He might be a lousy husband, but he he's sure had is." Thirteen confirmed kills. In over five continents. Yeah, he's he might be a lousy husband, but he sure is a good soldier. It's like the this movie's stance on like the military is so confusing because at one moment it seems like they're trying to be like, yeah, join the army, but then the military are the bad guys in in the movie. So it's like what. What is happening? Yeah, there's no logical sense in this movie. No, it's just so fucking incoherent. They they find the crashed predator ship and the space sheriff predator 
like blows it up or whatever uh and hacks like their translator and is like i sense one true warrior among you (laughs) matt kenna who's the main character he will be my prize i will give you a head start of seven and a half minutes (laughs) so after it blows up the ship they have to go run off into the woods for seven and a half minutes and then the predator is going to come hunt them down but then we learn that the true warrior that he's talking about is not the main character, but Jacob Tremblay for some reason. Because, because as Olivia Munn puts it, autism isn't actually a uh, disability. It's actually the advancement of humankind. Yeah, it's the, and, next, it's the next stage in human evolution. And the ultimate brainiac is not an adult person with autism. It's a fucking sixth grader with autism. I, I guess they they show how smart he is or whatever by, like, showing how quickly he picks up, like, the predator technology. Yeah, they were like... like when they find we the We had ship, months of linguistic experts deciphering this. Yeah, it's like, we can't get the ship open. And the kid's like, I can do it. And he walks up to it, and he, like, pushes a couple of buttons, and the (laughs) ship door opens. And it's like, it's just so baffling and stupid. And, like, this kid has shown no sort of warrior prowess up to this point. He's just really smart. He's just a savant. The Predator in previous movies, is all about fighting worthy opponents, powerful, strong opponents that are good at combat. That is the challenge. There is no challenge to fighting a third grader. There is no challenge at all. It's just so fucking confusing. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so the Predator, like captures the sixth grader yeah he takes him alive for some reason when they've already established in the same fucking movie there is an amazing scene when they're fighting this predator where two of the soldiers one of them like jumps on the dude after they light the predator on fire oh yeah thomas jane decides to leap onto the predator while it's on fire while it's on fire and for just some like, reason and starts like stabbing it yeah and of course that does nothing well yeah he gets thrown up high into a tree and, and impaled, impaled yeah. on a branch and then Keegan Michael Key gets who like, I guess is his best friend, who they only set that up like five minutes before this happens. Yeah, well, and the stupid way they set it up is that Thomas Jane was in the vehicle that Keegan Michael Key turned on and shot up and killed six other people in his unit. And the reason they became friends is because they had to sit next to each other a lot in the hallway at uh, like in the court in the courtroom at dissertations and shit like that and hearings so they became friends so you have thomas jane hanging impaled on a on a tree high up and keegan michael key lying eviscerated on the ground yeah because the predator like shoots a giant hole in keegan michael key's chest yeah and so they very romantically uh pull their guns on each other and and shoot each other at the same time oh man i 
laughed out loud when that happened. Yeah, it was I, uh, hilarious. No, I I will say, as much as we've been ragging on this movie, I did laugh a lot. That's the thing. This movie, this movie is an awful movie, but at the same time. I would recommend seeing it in the theaters a, because glor- it is one of a kind. It's a glorious train wreck. Yeah, it is one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in the theaters. And it like much like Gotti, like I think it is one of those movies that is indescribable and really an event. Well, so the big predator takes Jacob Tremblay alive for some reason, even though they've established earlier in this movie that the reason that the predators rip out their enemies' spinal cords, as we've seen in all the other Predator movies up to this point is so they can take back their spinal fluid to their planet and use it for their hybridization or whatever. Oh, and they also discover that the Predator race's master plan, once again, an epiphany out of nowhere. There's nothing that backs this up. They discover that uh, because of global warming, humans are going to be extinct in a couple of generations, so the Predators are going to come to Earth more to get the best of our genome before we're extinct and then get the fuck out. Which, once again, I don't know how they figure this out. Uh, just the, like everything. It's this all whole just movie epiphanies. honestly feels like it was the first draft of a script written on like an Adderall or cocaine bender. Yes, yes, like, absolutely. There's an indescribable level of non-causality. And they. it feels like it was written beat to beat, like... What can they think of next? It, it had no sense of causality. No, and no, like, none whatsoever. It felt like they didn't do any rewriting at all. And then after the Predator takes Jacob Tremblay, he gets on his ship and he starts taking off. And the main character and two of the other soldiers jump onto the top of the Predator's ship. And they're God. like trying to get into it as it's like flying off. And... 50 Cent decides to sacrifice himself in order to save the day by jumping while firing his gun into the engine of the Predator ship. Yeah, they they mentioned earlier that the reason he was in the PTSD squad is he tried to shoot himself in the head. Right. And failed, and now he just has a little uh, scar on the top of his Well, that was really stupid because the way they set it up is like, why are you here is like, oh, I shot my CO. And (laughs) is like, why'd you do that? Oh, because he was an asshole. And then later it's like, so what happened to your CO, the guy you shot? Is he still alive? He's like, yeah, he is. And he pulls off his hat (laughs) to reveal a a small scar on the side of his head. Yeah, it looks like he grazed his head with the bullet. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't get that scar at all. But so, Um, yeah, so we've established that he's suicidal. So he leaps into the engine while firing his gun. I can't emphasize that enough because it's really fucking funny. But before that, too, uh, there's like a force field that just is turned on on the outside of the ship. And uh, it like 
there's like a solid like foot between the ship and the force field. Yeah, so the main character slides under the force field and he's in between the ship and the force field. So we know that he's safe. Yeah. But 50 Cent ends up on the outside. Yeah, and there's another soldier that's uh, on the the outside of the ship who's like sliced in half by the force field because he's shooting at the force field <laughs> as it's closing in like that's gonna do something and it just cuts him in half so after 50 cent blows up one of the engines like the ship starts going down the main character somehow manages to get into the predator ship by like sliding to the bottom and pushing buttons so i guess he's just as smart as his dumb son or whatever the ship crashes and they are fighting the predator and then out of nowhere olivia munn appears and she has the the cloaking device and she like leaps on top of the predator and stabs it or something yeah and i uh, i guess that works now and once again how did she fucking get there for 5 minutes before this this ship has been flying I'd like assumedly the sp- like very fast, fast. Speed. well even if yeah. it wasn't going that fast like there's no way that she could have gotten to where it is on foot but, in the same but remember of time. though she can run as fast as a bus you're right, <laughs> no, you're right. That's, that's silly of me yeah she is a modern day usain bolt they blow up the predator somehow using its own technology and save the day and then we get an epilogue scene where uh, the main character has been reinstated in the military and he's in his full dress uniform with all these commendations. And the and sixth stuff. grade son is like working, working, the for, working for the military, <laughs> uh, helping them figure out the predator technology, because why not? God damn it. Because he's the next stage of human evolution. And they're like, oh, yeah, the the thing that the Predator came here to give us survived the explosion. It saved itself. Also, before we get into this, I want to go back to uh, the idea of the Predator, the fugitive Predator, bringing this shit to humans to give them an advantage over the other Predators. Yet... It still kills a shitload of people yeah, indiscriminately. The first, the first thing we see is a duty killed for no reason, yeah, just for sport. Like, it's just killing people, but it's also bringing us, like, a super weapon. Yeah. And so they're like, well, let's open up the pod and see what it is. And Jacob Tremblay's like, I've deciphered the language. This thing is called the Predator Killer. And as, like, the pod is slowly opening, I'm like, oh, it's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. How they captured Arnold and they they have him in a pod. I did see that apparently he was written into the movie, but he turned it down because the role was too small. So I literally think this was what it was going it to be. It probably was because what it turns out to be is so stupid that it has to be something they threw in as an afterthought. The pod opens up and like this big predator gauntlet like slowly rises out and this one scientist touches it and it attaches to his arm and turns into like a big predator power.
Power Rangers suit. Yeah, and then it's a fucking it targets Power... literally everyone in the room, and instead of shooting everyone, which I thought would be much cooler and yeah. much funnier, uh, it just disassembles itself. Yeah, it again. just turns off and and like comes off of him immediately. It looks really dumb. It is a fucking Power Rangers suit. I'm not kidding, and. Then they're like, what the hell is that thing? And it zooms in on the main character's face. He's like, that's my new suit. <laughs> and then cut to credits cut immediately. To credits. Oh my fucking God. What is what is this movie? I think I had a stroke. Honestly. It seriously it is the um, most baffling, confusing thing I've seen. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's more baffling than Gotti, just because I went into Gotti knowing that it was going to be a train wreck. Yeah, Knowing yeah, true. that it was going to be totally incomprehensible nonsense. This movie, I went into fully expecting a good, enjoyable, fun Shane Black action movie yeah i thought this was gonna be like predators you know like predators you know for its shortcomings was a really solid movie and in comparison to it it was a very serious grim movie like i was expecting over the top campiness at times because even the original predator has that like you know it's inherent in the predator franchise but i was still expecting it to take itself somewhat seriously. Have a sort of sense of tension. Yeah. Or uh, make Would, the predator feel like any sort of threat at no, all this in is, any way. This movie is totally, at all. totally devoid of tension. It tries way, way too hard to be a comedy, and in so doing, totally every, destroys any possibility of tension that the movie has. Every choice it makes makes no sense. I mean... Even, like, the fact that the predator, the giant predator, like, takes Jacob Tremblay, like, isn't the point to take the spine and right. skull? Like, what's, why, what's it going to do when it gets when it gets the full guy? What's he going to do when he gets back to Predator Planet with Jacob Tremblay? Just take a little bit of his blood or something in a needle and then send him back to Earth? No, he's going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like, why, why doesn't he just... Uh, it's because they're... They're not going to have a child death in a movie like this. That's why. But the very idea that Jacob Tremblay is the one that the Predator wants and not the the main character <laughs> action sniper uh... man is all the more baffling. You know, I, I will say that this movie is such a hot fucking steaming mess of a fucking dumpster fire, but... God damn it, I laughed so fucking much in this movie. I laughed because none of it made any sense. Well, yeah, because it was just completely baffling. It was a train wreck that never slowed down. It was it was that kind of thing where, like, you're just sitting back and you're watching this disaster happen in slow motion, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. But you can't look away, and because you're so con confused and afraid by what is happening that you just laugh because there's nothing else you can do yeah i was trying to think last night of movies to compare it to the only ones that even came to mind were like freddy got fingered in terms of it maybe being a prank on the studio and just being a non-stop crazy train wreck uh gaudy 
obviously, and uh, almost in its uh, unexpected intensity and uh, left turns all the time, it kind of reminded me, uh, this is a much better movie, but Lost Highway in how inexplicable a lot of the choices in it were. I haven't actually seen Lost Highway. Uh, But it was one of those things where I was laughing more at the things that I was not supposed to laugh at. Like, some of the comedic moments worked in their own little isolated world, not in the context of this movie. Like, I laughed at some of the jokes. I laughed at some of the times that I was supposed to. A lot of the intentional jokes fell flat for me, but it was all of the unintentional stuff. Most of them did, but, yeah, there were just so many times when I just couldn't control my laughter because it was just like, what's happening? What the fuck is going on? Am I dying? I said in the last episode that Shane Black has never let me down. And now he's let me down. I mean, yes, he's let me down, but this movie is troll to room esque bad in like Yeah, in- it is incredibly entertainingly bad. Like you can tell that they set out to make a good movie, I think. You know, and all the elements of it make it seem like they were trying, you know, like Shane Black co-wrote this with fred decker who uh wrote night of the creeps and monster squad and did a lot of big movies in the 80s well yeah that's the thing like the the amount of like talent that is involved in the making of this movie does not properly correlate to the finished product it doesn't make any sense you know yeah like i i'm just so confused how it turned out so bad i know there were reshoots and cuts which i'm sure did something to make it less coherent there's a lot of studio interference yeah i know but there like, was come on yeah i know there was a big controversy because uh shane black hired one of his friends for a small role who happened to be like a convicted sex offender pedophile dude and he didn't tell anyone that they were a pedophile sex offender and olivia munn found out because she was like the only person in the scene with him and she told the studio to cut the scene out and they did i i'm not against that but i even with that scene i can't imagine this movie making any more sense see the thing is that this movie is still almost two hours long And it feels like very important scenes were cut out of it because it just, as it stands, does not make any sort of narrative sense. So even if they were to add additional scenes to create proper context for things that are happening in this movie, it would be like three fucking hours long. So I I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I will say... This movie, I can see this movie someday being one of those, you know, so bad it's good canon movies uh, because it's very earnestly made. It was obvious they were set out to make a good movie, but it just fails so much in the execution that it uh, it becomes so bad it's good. It it becomes hilarious. I, I'm curious as to how much of that is going to hold up on rewatches because I think a lot of 
the stuff that made me laugh was because of how unexpected and stupid it was and it took me by surprise and my only reaction was to laugh because I didn't know what else to do. So I don't know if it's going to have that same kind of, uh, like you mentioned, Troll 2 or The Room longevity of So Bad It's Good where you can watch it multiple times and be like, let's watch a dumb bad movie. Yeah, it's not one of those movies that I would jump back to watch again right away. But I I think... It is one of those movies where you should experience it at least once because, oh my God, is it so indescribable. And I would even recommend seeing it in the theaters, honestly, because you it's rare that you'll see a big studio movie this bad and this batshit. I think the only other one recently is Gotti. Yeah, this is a dark horse for 2018. I just still so confused i think i'm gonna be confused for a long time do you want to rate this and then jump into metacritic corner yes okay uh, let's do that um i guess i'll start this is uh, a glorious train wreck just absolutely incomprehensible it's a movie that i that has to be seen to be believed because if you try to describe it like we did, like a lot of it sounds like a joke. It sounds like a fucking bit. It just, it is that stupid and that bad and that confusing. Um, but because of how baffling and funny it was, I can't give it too terrible of a rating. I think I'm going to give it two and a half out of five pods it's not a good movie but i laughed a lot so that's something i was at least entertained yeah i mean i uh i can say i still smell toast like this movie (laughs) i think gave me a brain injury this movie was completed like this like it went through a whole team of several people who watched this and were like, yeah, this makes sense. This is good. <laughs> I uh, When we were walking out of the theater, uh, <laughs> we, we passed someone who was still seated and they were like, yeah, this was good. Yeah. This was good. <laughs> yeah. On the way out of the theater, it was like, I heard this guy who was still sitting there was like, this was good. This was a good movie. And I was just, no, no, it was not. Um, None of the choices in it made sense. They uh, sucked all of the tension out of any threat in this movie. None of the predators were threatening, uh, except for the moments where they were, and then it would suddenly be undermined by the opposite thing happening, and then they just became non-threats. There was no sense of logic to any behavior in this movie. Uh, The... uh, Grand Theft Auto per minute was maybe the highest I've seen in any movie ever. Oh, yeah. Like when they at one point they're like hanging out in a farm and they're like, oh, yeah, we need a helicopter. And then two of the characters leave and five minutes later come back with like a weather (laughs) helicopter. It's just so indescribable. I think you should see this in the theater just because it's one of those experiences you probably won't get again for a while um that being said it's not a good movie it is 
bafflingly bad. It's so bad it's good in a lot of ways, but it's still very bad. I'm going to give it a one out of five. <laughs> um, it's, it's a train wreck. It made me reconsider how bad the Alien vs. Predator movies were. And they are bad. They are very bad. Yeah. I'm not trying to defend these movies, but they make more narrative sense than The Predator, which is, oh my god, that is really saying something. So that'll give uh, The Predator an average rating of 1.8 out of 5 pods. Uh, you gotta see it to believe it. And uh, yeah, let's transition into Metacritic Corner. So there's a lot to choose from here. Um, we don't have time to go through all of it. So I have taken a couple of selects. I've pulled two positive reviews and one negative review uh, that I think are all funny for different reasons. So I'm going to start with one of the positives. This is from Tony John. If you are a fan of the Predator creature, i.e. you are a nerd, you should like this movie. It's a mindless monster action movie. Sadly, most people are not fans of the creature, and there is too much 90s action flick in this to appeal to modern audiences. More focus on action than smooth storyline and good acting. Lots of cool Predator weapons on display. If you're looking for award-winning quality, you will not find it here. I was worried they would try to put too much comedy in this, and I didn't feel that was the case. You won't get some of the comedy if you haven't seen the original with Arnold. <laughs> I did like the amount of screen time the creatures got. In past movies, you only got to see glimpses of the Predator through most of the movie until the end when the hero and Predator go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That wasn't the case in this movie, a good amount of screen time where you get to soak in the nerdiness of the predator tech and weapons. I didn't think it was over the top like AVP Requiem and the ending hints at some potential future fun. However, it remains to be seen if there is a large enough audience of the franchise for the studio to continue making them, which saddens me because I like the predator creature. I, I love how they think seven out of 10. <laughs> I love how they think having the Predator be so in the movie all the time makes it good. I like how they say that you won't get some of the humor if you haven't seen the Arnold one. What? Yeah, like you get, to the, get to the chopper. Is that what you wouldn't get? Is that it? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. They did set it up one. for a sequel. Oh, yeah. Uh, Power Rangers versus Predator. <laughs> one, uh, one thing I forgot to mention when, uh, they, uh, they were looking for the kid. I I turned to you in the theater and I was like, I, I guess they're, uh, trying to catch a predator. <laughs> Uh, we were Better making a Chris string. On the we phone. were making a string of child predator jokes. <laughs> in this movie. Okay, the next one is from the Russianator. Oh my god! 
Shane Black realized that the only way to make a good Predator movie is to make it as ridiculous as humanly possible. The Predator is filled with hilarious jokes, one-liners, and insane action. The franchise needed something new, not just another team walking around the woods dying one by one. Stop trashing this movie for being self-conscious about being stupid. It was the only way to make it good. Seven out of ten. God damn it. Man, are people movie, missing the point that this made, much? This movie made me wish it was just a bunch of buff guys getting killed one by one. That's the... what made Predator so good. Yeah, honestly. I'm not saying I want them to do the same thing, but Jesus fucking Christ. Man, I, I get whatever. Action corniness 2018 Fuck that. You know, like, I just want to see some buff dudes get killed one by one. What happened to the beefcake action hero? I Yeah, I don't know. He died with Arnold, even yeah, though Arnold's like, still alive. Like, the only near thing we have to it today is the Expendables, and it's all, like, all those has-been washed-up uh, yeah. 60-year-olds. Like I think the closest thing we have actually right now is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Dwayne is the closest thing we've got nowadays. But the problem is is that he's in, like, PG-13 family-friendly style action movies. He's not in anything as, like, intense as, like, Rambo or Predator or even something like Die Hard. But that's the thing, though. I think the fact that he's, like, the number one biggest movie star today shows that people want yeah. that people want that in their movies but we're not getting that and the thing is is like the rock is actually a pretty good actor he's just in a lot of bad movies because he'll literally take any role that's thrown yeah. at him and i mean good for him making his fucking money like i'm i'm all for it like i don't know I thought Rampage was kind of fun. Yeah, well, it was dumb, but like I, I, I thought Skyscraper was pretty fun I still too. Need to actually, see that. Um, I I think Hollywood has been so jaded by irony. I guess I don't know what it even is that they think sincerity just means campiness and corniness, so they don't even try to make any sincere movies anymore well, yeah, they it's have all, to fill it's it all with irony. self-awareness right. or marvel cinematic universe style jokes and quippiness all the time oh yeah and it's just a bummer man because i think i think you can make sincere action movies today you know if you do them well you look at a movie like predator and even the first predator and even though it has you know some very uh un pc language you know especially near the beginning like it works as a whole because it tells its story so sincerely yes and like it builds such a sense of tension throughout because it doesn't resort to too much self-awareness it's campy sure and you can still make campy movies that are sincere. And I would even argue that campy movies work better when they're sincere. I know. I absolutely agree. I think we had this conversation on a past episode. I can't remember what we were talking about, but we got into 
movies that are so bad they're good and a big indication of that is sincerity that's what makes films like the room and troll 2 so charming in how fucking bad they are is because there's 100 percent sincerity behind the production of those movies. Uh, yeah exactly they're not trying it's, to make us so bad it's, it's good it's earnest in its creation but it just fails in its execution yeah exactly um, but i will say there is a distinction between something like this and the room and i was this is even it's tommy neg- it's tommy why so yeah well <laughs> it's even negating what i was saying earlier comparing it to troll 2 and whatnot is i think this movie falls back on you know self-awareness and humor to a fault sometimes yes. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the Shane Black stuff, and that's where it should succeed, but it doesn't, which is what makes me think that it is Shane Black trying to kill the franchise and playing an expensive Freddy Got Fingered style prank on the studio. Yeah. I don't think he wants to keep making Predator movies. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's the best way to uh, not dilute the uh, the name. Yeah, but you kind of ruined it at this point. What I was hoping for in this movie was a sincere action horror sci-fi movie that fell on quips, you know. And instead, we get a quippy buddy comedy romp that falls on sci-fi moments of sincerity, but they feel deflated because none of the rest of it feels sincere in any sort of way and a lot of times the moments of sincerity are uh spielberg-esque sentimentality which does not work in a movie like the well and because those moments are so sporadic it doesn't feel like it earns those no not at all not at all like jacob tremblay's character is frustrating extremely yeah and he's supposed to be like one of the heroes of the movie and he's just like the most hateable little shit honestly like okay i i have one more and this is the this is the negative one um and i I agree with a lot of things in this review but i still think it's funny so this is from co hiker I'm almost 40, and I'm posting a movie review for the first time. That's how bad this movie is. I left 64 minutes into the film, another personal first. The Predator is a confused mess. It's a terrible addition to the franchise and to A-list sci-fi movies in general. Expect glaring plot holes, poor CGI, army recruitment undertones, ridiculous autism speculation, and physics-defying scenes. You'll feel like you were paid to watch a video game stream in a theater. (laughs) Zero out of ten. I mean, this is pretty on point. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong. Like, like, out of context, I feel like if someone read that, they'd think he was doing a bit. Yeah. But... Well, like, so much with the description of of this movie, like, it all feels like a joke. Yeah, I guess that's the end of Metacritic Corner for this week. Uh, next week, we are doing something special. Next week is going to be our 
one-year anniversary of doing this show. We've made it a whole fucking year somehow of somewhat consistently bringing you episodes. And in celebration of our one year, we're going to be doing a uh, two-part episode, the first installment of which is coming next week. And we're going to be talking about one of the greatest horror films of all time and one of our personal favorites, John Carpenter's The Thing. And uh, I'm extremely excited. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a long time. Like I said, it's one of the absolute most perfect horror films. One of my ever personal made. favorites. Yeah, same. My favorite John Carpenter film. Uh, it yeah, it it's a fucking masterpiece. And uh, the second part of the episode, which will be week after next, uh, we're going to be doing a dual review of the thing from another world. Uh, from the 1950s that uh, this film was based upon. And we'll also be talking about the soft reboot prequel, also just called The Thing, that came out in 2011, I believe. And so we're going to see sort of what led up to John Carpenter's classic and where it eventually led afterwards. I haven't seen either one of these, and I'm very cautiously excited. I have not seen uh, The Thing from Another World. I have seen the soft reboot. Um, I must say I'm not terribly thrilled to watch it again, <laughs> but uh, it'll lead for some interesting discussion. But we figured we'd do The, the Thing first, uh, or John Carpenter's The Thing first, because... Uh, there's so much to talk about in that movie and uh, so much to celebrate in the the horror canon. So I'm very excited about this, and I hope all of you guys are too. So look for that next week. Um, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at uh, podpeoplepod. Uh, check out our Letterboxd page, letterboxd.com slash podpeoplepod for a list of all the films we've talked about on the show, our average ratings, and links to those episodes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Van Awesome. And I'm at Mr. Sheets. Yeah, thanks for listening. For those of you who have been with us for the whole year, thank you for uh, your continued support. And uh, we're doing something special for you guys, too. Uh, and I hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Check back next week for the first of our, uh, the first episode of our Thing series. And until next time... Turn off your podcast and go see The Predator. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> go watch The Greatest Train Wreck You've Ever Seen. Okay, bye.